Welcome back to the Impulse Show. I am Tito Labine, and with me, as always, forever, Jeffrey Keeble, my co-host. And ever and ever till we grow old together. Forever and ever. I can't wait to see your wrinkles. And then also joining us with so much pleasure, Lyle Keeble. I bring the pleasure. I'm with it, and I'm here. Middle name, pleasure. Yeah, if you guys didn't know that. Now you do. Mm. Now you do. Gentlemen, how you doing? Good. Tired. Back off snow Tired. cross. Yep. We're on uh we're gonna be on a three weekend straight of snow cross racing. Mm-hmm. March madness. Here we come. Oh my god, dude. I'm tired just thinking about this now. <laughs> you you Mar- went to your first snow cross race this weekend. How was it? What'd you think? I did. Uh, day one was pretty fucking dumb. <laughs> day day one was so retarded, dude. Oh dude, man, that was so dumb, man. You know, it was my first snowcross of the season, and thinking it'd be March. You know, you think warm. Yeah, <laughs> it was, yeah. You think it'd be a little bit warmer, man. And the thing of it too is um, Friday and Saturday, like if you look back at it or even think about it now, um, those days were like the colder days. And then now it's like 40 degrees here and it's going to be like 50 on Friday or on Wednesday. Yeah. So I think that was like the ideal day to have the snow cross. Otherwise I think shit would have started melting. I'd rather have warm days (laughs) at this point. That's been like the trend this year for snow cross for me, at least my experience the days I work are the coldest days and days I arrive and leave are the warmest. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. what Friday was like, what negative 20, 20 out with the wind chill. Yeah. I think it was like six or seven or like five degrees, something like that. But the wind chill made it like 15 below. Yeah, dude, it was nuts. Like uh, when the races were over, you know, like happy and ecstatic to be in warmth, got to the hotel Crank the heat up, and for the longest time, I could not fucking get warm. I ended up sleeping in a hoodie, sweatpants, and fucking wool socks. It was so fucking cold. I know, and then I asked you, I was like, did you at least take a hot shower when you got back? And you are like, no. <laughs> rookie move. Your rookie move. <laughs> I was just so tired. Uh, probably tired from shivering. Like, my average, like... <laughs> <laughs> my average like resting heart rate is like 77 yeah and it was average all day like that's a daily average if i don't like really do anything friday it was at 113 all Jeez. day <laughs> uh so a big big jump yeah big jump it wasn't as cold as fargo but it felt worse than fargo is what i've told everybody and i don't know why i don't know if it was because the wind made it worse or what but it sucked friday yeah that wind was pretty brutal man like i said i dude i rolled in and i should have known right away <laughs> i was surprised you i showed rolled up. in five dollars to park i'm like come on <laughs> like it's normally it never costs money to park at erx and then here i am it's five dollars to park and i ain't got any cash on me <laughs> so that's a gallon of gas right there 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one gallon of yeah. gas. <laughs> For, uh, <laughs> you gonna make me so I rolled this? up and I told the guy, I was like, yeah. I'm like, I don't have any, uh, I don't have any cash. Can I just pay $10 tomorrow? And he was like, okay, here you go. And he had me like the parking slip thing. <laughs> and but then, I did it. Yeah, so I, I mean, how much, how was your first experience? Like with uh, parking, pit passes, <laughs> drinks? Well, initially, okay, so Friday... <laughs> I get there. I got to, first of all, I already gypped this dude $5 out of parking. And then I I roll in and I see like a section that's like, like, um, fenced off. And I'm like, oh, this must be like staging or, you know, this must be the, the tech area. And I go by that, walk over the bridge, go to the chalet. And I'm like, oh, there's the pit area. I'm going to go check out. I'm going to go see all the media guys and see all you dudes. And I come walking up and the guy standing there, like puts his hand up. He's like, whoa. I'm like, what's up? He goes, you got a pit pass? I'm like, what's a pit pass? And he like points at the at the sign. It says pit pass, ten dollars. And uh, I was like, I kind of like looked at him. I was like, you need a pit pass to get in there? He's like, yeah. And I just go, and I'm like, ha! Like I laugh at him, and I turn, and I walk away. I'm, like, I'm not paying ten dollars to walk in like the pit area. I'm like, get <laughs> out of here, man. So I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go to the chalet. I'm gonna get me a drink. And then I completely forget that it's cash only in the chalet. So now I'm standing there shivering cold by myself, sober as shit. And I'm like, this is, this sucks, man. This blows. Like I'm never coming back here again. (laughs) (laughs) So that, that, that was your Friday. That was Friday. And then you came back. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. So that was my Friday. And uh, I remember I saw you, Jeffrey, too. And <laughs> both of you guys were like, yeah, I don't know why you're here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is stupid. <laughs> we're getting paid to be out here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're paying was, to be here. <laughs> yeah. I was a little ill prepared. Uh, oh, maintenance. Oh, no. <laughs> maintenance. Oh, hey. I'm sorry. I got the maintenance check. Five, ten minutes. Uh, sure. Is that okay? Just yeah. check the water and all that. Yeah. Yeah. I heard you. I'm like, I don't want to like, you know, invade, but yeah. yeah. Did you get the email at all or no? I, oh yeah, that's right. That's today. That's okay. Monday. I forgot about that. It's got to be like on, you know, the, the 14th. So, yeah. Oh, that's okay. Five, ten minutes. It should be pretty quick. Sounds like the start of a porno. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, you want to hit stop and then we'll pick back up in a second? Yeah. No, we're going to keep going. <laughs> Do you want to record all the way through it? Yeah, why not? <laughs> all right <laughs> all right he goes are you sure uh, yeah i think right. that's up to jeffrey okay. yeah it's up to you guys authentic or authenticity what authenticity authenticity yeah <laughs> can't even say we can't even say it. yeah so it's yeah. us it's uh, us it wouldn't, so that, this wouldn't be us <laughs> <laughs> if something didn't go wrong or that's such a good point that's such a good point this this really adds on to the uh to the uh and, and then, man, what's the word i'm looking for janky. authenticity of it yeah the janky radio show we have hello repair man yeah <laughs> while you have your mask on <laughs> Oh Could you God. imagine yeah, if you had I your got, mask I got, on? I got, I got Dan the mannequin over there uh, on the couch. He's, fa- he's facing the other way. He doesn't want to look at me. Yeah, <laughs> don't look at me. Things got weird. Don't look at me. He's got the face of shame. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so Saturday I come back. 
<laughs> and it was a so much I was better a little experience. more prepared. I was a little more prepared on Saturday. Um, I didn't have a hoodie. I didn't have anything to like cover my face. I just showed up in a hat and then uh, a jacket. And like I was warm, but it was like my face and the wind that was so brutal. So I showed up then on Saturday uh, with my $10. So I paid for parking, paid five for Friday, five for Saturday. And then uh, I rolled in and um, I'm like, okay, well, I have cash now and uh, get a drink. And then I get another drink. And then Jeffrey goes, oh, hey, hey, you, uh, you want to do an interview? And I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was sitting here thinking I didn't have to work this weekend. I was like, all right. Good interview. But <laughs> hey, no, the, man, the I, uh, you, I loved it. You killed the interview. Like, dude, I never got Elias to talk like that all last year. And what you did was like, that's why you're the best. You stop it. No. And then no, I just then, blown smoke. And then 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 I forgot to hit record on the camera. And then <laughs> we had to do it all over again. And I didn't even tell you this, but I don't know if it was like a loose connection. Yeah. But it, the second interview, Elias's audio didn't register. Really? And then none of Riley's interview registered. Really? Yeah. So we got none of that audio. But hey, you know what? Good good interview. We were there. We were there for it. <laughs> but it was a good interview. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was it was badass. I'm glad there's I'm glad there's record of these awesome interviews. Oh wait, there's not. <laughs> was any of it salvageable? Uh well, we got the one when I didn't push record. <laughs> we got that audio. But when I push record, it went like halfway through and then it cut out. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but it, it was a, a, it was a weekend of forgetfulness and getting back into it as far as, as I go. So yeah. Yeah. You know, I, and, forgot, um, I forgot a chord for my red card reader and Lyle forgot everything. Um, it wise. Mm-hmm, <laughs> it's mm-hmm. computer big yep. card readers. <laughs> Memory card. Really? Yeah, I didn't have nothing like that with me. <laughs> we got to Wausau. I was like, shit, I forgot. All my computer stuff, card readers, chargers, everything. <laughs> but I brought stuff to keep myself warm. Best Buy? <laughs> what? Is that why you spent $900 at Best Buy? Yeah, then we spent like another 100 at this badass place in Minneapolis. Yeah. So it was an expensive weekend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, lesson learned though. <laughs> he goes, but hey, lesson learned. Yeah. I'll never forget my laptop again. <laughs> I tell you what, man. I mean, I don't know if anybody's gonna, you know, listen to this as far as like Snowcross goes. Um, thank you. <laughs> what just happened? I don't know. I just see the guy walk back and forth in your screen, though. <laughs> Uh, Uh, keep going so snow cross so yeah snow cross uh i hope nobody like uh listens listens to this part but um yeah man brought brought a little flask in because i I was worried i was like you know what i I don't want them to you know charge like 10 11 12 dollars for a drink and then they you know give you a little 
little little bit and uh so the first drink i get was the captain's throttle punch and man it was a good pour, was a good pour. <laughs> and then uh, i was like all right i'm gonna get a captain and coke i got a captain and coke it was a good pour all right well so i go to the other like there because there were two bars in there and i go to the other one and i get another captain's throttle punch not that good of a pour abysmal I looked at it. I remember she's pouring. And I was like, oh, I was like, just stingy. <laughs> just <Jeez."> stingy. <laughs> and then that was when I made the executive decision to buy um, a couple of Cokes and then just uh, added my own concoction to it. And uh, yeah, by the end of the night. Yeah, you're feeling feeling it. feeling solid. Like I had like I wasn't like obliterated, but I had like a good, you know, good trajectory going. Yeah. Where were you when you made fun of the seven time champ? Blair Morgan. Wow. Are we, we're, uh, are we really going to do this? <laughs> I'm just asking because you just. I didn't make fun of him. He did too. Uh, what did I say? <laughs> you tell me what I said, Jeffrey. I don't know say it out loud. I don't know if we want to say it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to. We'll just keep that out stroke. But um, I just want to know where you're at when you made fun of him. It was, it was, it was, a. <laughs> it was dark. It was, it was dark. I'm not going to lie. Uh, but I was, I was standing right by Brody and uh, Brody had about five minutes of me and he wanted to leave. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah let's just say that. Leave it at that. Brody's too pure of a heart. And for me to start throwing out dark humor like that, I think he was like, no, <laughs> I don't want it. <laughs> I can't be around this. <laughs> uh, oh, shit. But how was it but, seeing Brody and Zach for you? And Casey. I guess both of you guys. And Haley. Everybody. And Casey Hallgren. He's not even that that funny. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, that's where he's at. <laughs> you know what he gets? That's what he gets for, for saying I'm not funny. He gets his car stolen. <laughs> gets his car, I forgot that happened. Yeah. <laughs> uh, are you just going to go out there and that's how you're going to tell him? Yep. Yep. So if anybody in Minneapolis, uh, if you stole the Subaru, let me know. Uh, I'll give it back to him. We'll do it as a joke. We'll play yeah. off as a joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you got a uh, shout out on live TV. I did. I did. I, uh, I went and I called my sister on Sunday just to piss her off. Cause she hates when that stuff happens. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. I, and then I went and found it today. Did you? Yeah. So it was on live I, TV. Yeah. Yeah. I was just kind of like, I was like, ah, I'm like, it was around, I think like after the, after the, like the snow bikes or something like that. And I just like hit it there and I just let it play like the audio play while I was working. And then once I heard them talk about like FXR gear, I was like, I think that's when they started like showing like the crowd or whatever. And then that's, and then like, I heard it when uh, Haley, she's like, she's like, (laughs) I thought she was like, oh shit. She was like, oh, is that Tito? Like, oh, what's up, dude? Like, hey. (laughs) <laughs> and then and then I went back and I watched it and on the stream you can see like them like the camera pointing down and I'm looking at um Lexi's friend's boyfriend 
and I'm staring at him and I'm doing this. <laughs> you are not. I'm, I'm, I'm touching my tips. So like my fingers together and I'm like touching our, my tips. So I'm staring at him like smiling and then they like cut away. <laughs> <laughs> what were you telling the boyfriend? I was just, oh, I don't know. I just looked at him. It's, it's just something you do. Like if you look at another guy, you kind of smile and you do one of these and they're like, oh yeah. <laughs> no, that's what he's that's doing. Not he's a like, thing. Mm-hmm. that must be a Minneapolis thing, then. <laughs> you stop it, Jeffrey. No, I never. What the fuck is that? <laughs> you do not just go up to another man and just point your fingers at each other and start touching the tips of them. Really? So you touch your index fingers together. You can look. It's got to be a friend. You can't just do a random guy. I mean, he's a little random. I was going to say, you just met him that day. I was saying, you just met him that day. You only do it to good friends. Yeah. <laughs> I, no, I only knew him for like 45 minutes. And I was like, what's up, dog? You trying to? Uh, he's Shit. on board with it, though. Yeah. That's so, funny. Overall, no, man. Dude, first snow cross, I loved it, man. I really did. Other than that stupid wind, all day Saturday was a lot of fun. Um, I'm glad Lexi was there, Brody's wife. And, um, no, man, it was, it was a lot of fun. And, and I encourage a lot of people to go, um, uh, don't go alone and don't go when it's cold and windy. Uh, but otherwise you're going to have a, a really good time. Yeah. It's always fun. Yeah. It was totally fun, <laughs> but That's yeah. Fun. So normal weekend, I didn't do anything crazy. Didn't oh. get in any trouble. Yeah. So I, I got the voting of, I would beat you in a wrestling match. Oh, yeah, that's right. I remember you talking some stupid shit the other night. Stupid shit. Was it stupid, though? Or was it facts? Yeah. It was facts. You would not. It was facts. It's facts. Okay, okay. Well, you know what? Maybe we should put a poll out. We We should. We will. Who do you think would win? And I'm not talking like, uh, like a WWF wrestling match. Like, I'm talking like Olympic. I'm talking like a mat wrestling who do you think would win in a wrestling match me or lyle no i'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) me or jeffrey i voted for you tito i know yeah thank you i said said jeffrey would get hurt like immediately yeah he said he would he said my old injuries would hurt me that's still Mm -hmm. losing that's still (laughs) the only if i if i had a purest body like you tito (laughs) <laughs> Last time you had a pure body, I think you were what, 15? Yeah, right. Probably right out of the womb. <laughs> <laughs> but no. Andrew said I take you. Brody mm-hmm. said I take you. And even the wrestling man himself. Kitsman. No, Zach. No, he did Kitsman not. Zach voted said, for me. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. No, because you're you're a defensive guy, and I told him I'm the guy that would attack first. And he was like, I'm mm. going with Jeffrey. Mm, I just lay on you, <laughs> dude. Yeah, I'm a big guy just like you. I still think Zach would take both of you guys. Uh, mm. I think Tito has Zach. Mm-mm. I want Zach. I know things about Zach. I want Kitsman. I mean, this is like his, and, and then around my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and around my mouth. This is like his story to tell, maybe one day. But Zach had like started like a fight club. Like in Jesus. school. <laughs> so what happened? Why why is he such a pure soul now? I don't know. You found God. Yeah. Too, much, fu- maybe, too much fight club? Maybe too Brittany. Much, yeah. Maybe Brittany. Brittany. Brittany changed him for the better. He's he's a he was crazy. <laughs> should we should we try to bring out that other that side of him again? You probably could. 
And then you just, you see it occasionally in him, <laughs> the way he acts and says stuff. I'm going to antagonize him now all next season. Where, like <laughs> I was doing, I was doing it on Saturday night. Yeah. You can like, see I'm, it a little bit. <laughs> I went to go like hug him and I, and I did like the whole wrestling, like inside arm thing. Yeah. And he was like, <laughs> <laughs> he's going to black out and throw you through the window or yeah. something. <laughs> I heard him. He was like, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, but we got more rules on our foot race. Second annual ERX. I don't remember the rules. You're like, you were that drunk? You were not that drunk. I wasn't. I was just, I, when I get in that mode, I just say and spew bullshit. And I don't ever like retain all the bullshit that's being said. It was a lot of rules. Yeah. You made a lot of rules. <laughs> Had to start on th- <laughs> Oh, oh my God. <laughs> he froze. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit. Here we go again, boys and girls. Welcome to the Impulse Show. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you guys were fucking with me for a second. No. <laughs> totally weren't. Moving. <laughs> I'm over here talking shit. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, Jeff, I know dude. <laughs> uh, I'm so, like Jeffrey. I know what you're doing. I thought you guys were messing with me. No, <laughs> what'd you say? Uh, uh, did you retain that? It, no. Is it time for a guest? Yeah, uh, it is. Yeah. It is. It is. All right. All right. Well, before we bring this guest on, uh, I think we're gonna have to put the segment for after our guest, um, because we uh, we we got a little bit of a. Uh, um, I got a text message. Did you from our sponsor on uh, on Saturday? <laughs> we uh, we weren't that crisp. <laughs> we were, <laughs> he's like we weren't crispy. We weren't crisp enough. <laughs> uh, we so our first ad read we thought went off of the bang, and it turns off or it turns out that it didn't. And then I got a text message from uh, from the sponsor and. We were we were off, so they sent another live ad read that we got to do. What do you mean we? Uh, we impulse impulse show. <laughs> yeah, we're a team. Yeah, we're a team. yeah. <laughs> the team. Yeah, we. So, yeah, let's go ahead and uh, let's try this again, shall we? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <clears throat> do you spend too much time in the shop? Not enough time with your significant other. Have you thought of sending flowers, but know that in the end, they just die? Northwood Blooms has you covered. Our wooden flower arrangements last a lifetime and are sure to spread beauty and joy for years to come. Better yet, they're hypoallergenic, come in limitless styles, endless colors, and can ship across the country without fear of arriving wilted. Your wooden flower bouquets and arrangements will last a lifetime, which means you can even buy ahead of time and look like you remembered all along. You need to check out how awesome these wooden flowers are on Instagram by following at Northwood Blooms. Shop for Mother's Day and prom on www.northwoodblooms.com and use the coupon code Impulse Show for free shipping on your next order. Mm. Nailed it. <sighs> you can there. breathe now. How many times do you have to read that? 
that was my second time reading it. Oh. <laughs> the first time was when I said it was uh, on Saturday when I was like, I was like, yeah, we got a text message. Jeffrey. <laughs> so Northwood blooms, Northwood, blooms. North. Well, the text I got was North dot wood dot blooms. <laughs> <laughs> Northwood blooms people. Yep. Make sure you check them out. Check them out. Instagram, Facebook, their website, Northwood website, blooms. all of it, everything. They 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 will last oh, forever. Oh, and uh, at checkout, impulse show. Yeah, he said is a coupon code. Free oh, shipping. Oh, see, I wasn't paying attention. Clearly, your host wasn't even listening. <laughs> these <laughs> flowers will not die. They will not wither away like these meat sacks of a body that we have. They're forever, just like my co-host Jeffrey. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> we're, we're calling in our guest. You ready? Alrighty, I'm ready. Are you? I got it. You got it. I got it. You you tell him I was calling him. I did. So we call him. I said about two fifty and three fifty, and I said don't answer. Because he's not answering. <laughs> okay. Oh, he's on. I don't know if I got a voicemail or not, but I guess we'll see. Go ahead, hit it. <laughs> Goes, hit I it. guess we'll see. Hit it. Hit it. Hit it. Go. All right. Yep. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, our next guest is one. Hell of a competitor. If you were given a shopping cart and had to get the last gallon of milk from any from an angry mob of fifth graders who were starving for cereal, he would do it. He would dominate it and then he the cereal in front of those little losers. He won his first race nine months before he was born and he didn't stop there. He entered in the world of motocross where, dirt, where a dirt bike was his muse. An unfortunate accident forced him to exchange his two wheels for four wheels. Was he heartbroken, dejected, and devastated by this change? Of course he was. But like a glorious phoenix rising from the ashes, rose a fierce competitor. He spent a year in the UTV class before he realized his thirst for tougher competition was not quenched. So he moved on to the pro-light class, where his name became synonymous with winning. He became the two-time Lures Pro-Light champion in back-to-back years, 2018-2019. He was also the 2017 Pro-Light world champion at the Big House in Cranston, Wisconsin. And he said, that's not enough competition! He then moved into the Pro 2 class in 2020, finishing on the podium more times than I can count, and I can only count to nine. In his sophomore year in the Pro 2 class, he moved to the Champ Series full-time. He entered a class that was absolutely stacked to the brim with talent. He said, here, here's the competition I was searching for, and he made it known. If not for a dating week at Bark River, we very well might be talking to the 2021 Pro 2 points champion. Alas, it's a new year, new me, he said. Hailing. From Iron Station, North Carolina, and the number 51 Bill Steinbeck Pro 2, we have the one, the only, Rowdy Ryan B. What's up? That was pretty, that was quite the uh, intro. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, dude? How's it going? Not too bad, man. We just got done with a cold weekend and uh, snow cross, minus 15 wind chill. How's it in uh, North Carolina? Uh, nice 75 right now. <laughs> it's pretty similar to Cali weather, but uh, definitely not no negative 15. That's for sure. <laughs> God, that's brutal, man. Yeah, man. And that was something that I wanted to, uh, that I think I've been meaning to ask you is, you know, being from Cali, why, why the move to North Carolina? What was up with that? Honestly, um, North Carolina is the, the central hub of motorsports worldwide, NASCAR, IndyCar, IMSA racing. Um, there is just an abundance of racing here. And, and quite frankly, I felt like I was being limited in California for a couple of reasons. A, um, personnel wise, we could not find enough people that wanted to work on 
race cars or off-road trucks or be a part of the race team um, to save our life. We had more work than what we could take on, and we are basically limited by the amount of work that we could be doing and helping build more off-road cars and helping build the sport by people that, that just couldn't show up for work and didn't want to work. And racing isn't cool in California, to be honest with you anymore. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> we wanted to move to North Carolina cause a, there's an abundance of, of fabricators and mechanics and prep guys. Um, and, but not only that, when you look at all forms of, of professional motorsports, um, sponsorship level off-road is at the very bottom of the totem pole sponsorship and funding wise. Um, all those sponsors all have main hubs, distribution centers, marketing centers here in Charlotte. And that's why a lot of those NASCAR teams have such big sponsorship is because this place really is uh, a marketing mecca um, for, for motorsports. With NASCAR and, and, and drag racing and IMSA and IndyCar, all those sponsors are almost forced to have offices here within Charlotte. So when you get here and you kind of start rubbing shoulders to everybody and start meeting everybody, all of a sudden doors start opening up. And then not only that, but at that point, um, I'm able to get myself in front of the right people right away without having to kind of go through such a long chain of command to get to the decision makers, you know, regarding sponsorship. Um, I can invite those people. Hey, you know, we're right here 10 minutes away. Why don't you come to our shop and check it out? So, you know, for those two main reasons, basically kind of why I chose Charlotte. So a really good strategic move um, to go from California to uh, to North Carolina, um, man. And I know, like you said, you were talking about as far as sponsorship goes, how that was kind of a low of the lower totem pole. If that's the case, like, what is it about short course that that kept you there? Whereas, you know, in California, a lot of guys are all about the desert, you know, the mid 400 Baja. Why short course and not desert? To be honest with you, um, just growing up in supercross and motocross, I like the door to door action or rubbing elbows. Um, I like the aggression side. I like, you know, racing head to head. I've done a couple of desert races and quite frankly, I'll be honest, I was bored. Um, <laughs> I, I want to race somebody. I want to be door to door, um, going across the desert at 130 or 40 is, is, is cool and all. Um, but for me personally, it just, it, it wasn't my cup of tea. I wanted to, I want to race door to door. We could be going five miles an hour in shopping carts, but as long as I got someone to race door to door with, I'm going to be happy. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know, and, and something that I've learned is, um, you know, I, I used to be super jealous of people that were able to, to ride like dirt bikes, motocross, um, stuff like that. But I mean, I was always chubby kid. So I was like, man, I'm too top heavy for that shit. <laughs> and then we got... <laughs> Oh, oh, he froze. <laughs> like, crashes and, uh, and accidents are just, are, are brutal on the body. You know, what, what was that motocross accident that kind of put you out and, and sent you to four wheels? Um, so many of you are familiar with Ricky Johnson. He shattered his navicular bone at the type, top of his career. And it basically, uh, when that happened to Ricky, it basically, you know, was the end career ender. Um, same with James Stewart. Um, same injury happened to me. It's your navicular bone inside your wrist. Um, it's the hardest bone in the body to heal because of the lack of blood flow to it. Um, it, it just takes so long to heal. Mine was almost a two year healing process before it was actually healed enough to where I could start using my wrist again. Um, so it's, it's really a, a shitty injury to have. Um, obviously over the years, I mean, I grew up racing dirt bikes from the time I was four, uh, I had raced a dirt bike and, over those years, I raced from four to 24, um, on a dirt bike. I know there's 20 years, um, 
I had, you know, ankles, knees, both legs, both ankles, both wrists, both arms, both collarbones. So a plethora of, of injuries. Um, and it, it started getting old to be honest with you. (laughs) And so once I got the opportunity to get in the truck, I'm like, dude, this is so much better than waking up in a hospital bed going, what happened? Where am I? You know what I mean? So, um, the moto deal is, it's tough, man. I I foresee it as the toughest sport in the world. You got to be so gnarly fit and, and just strong. I mean, it, 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 (laughs) when you hit the ground week after week on a dirt bike, when it's like a normal weekly occurrence for you to have a couple crashes, it's a, it's a, it's a tough sport. Yeah, man. I mean, we, we would talked about, uh, you know, snow cross and, and we had just kind of gotten to see it. At least I have in person and man, these guys are so fit. And, and like you said, you have to be in such great condition or at least, you know, decent condition. Cause I've seen Jeffrey ride a dirt bike. So I know you gotta <laughs> at least be in a decent condition. Um, but where does this, uh, this fierce competitiveness, uh, come from? Was that just kind of always like a, like a childhood upbringing or you just like into motocross right off the bat? What was it that kind of like lit that fire? Um, so my dad raced sprint cars and stock cars. Uh, my uncle raced stock cars professionally for a while. And then my other uncle uh, was a dirt bike mechanic for factory Kawasaki. So from the time that I was even coherent enough to know what race cars and motorcycles were, um, I was into it at the age of four my dad and mom kind of came to me and they're like, Hey, you know, a bunch of the kids your age are starting T-ball and this and that. And, you know, what do you think you want to do? You know, I was getting close to my fifth birthday and, and or fourth birthday, excuse me. And, um, I told them, you know, no, I didn't want to play baseball. I didn't want to play football. I wasn't into stuff like that. I wanted to race is what I told them. As a matter of fact, that night there was a supercross race on TV Dave Despain announcing it like super old school, but (laughs) we're sitting there watching Supercross and I'm like, it was like Ricky Johnson and Brock Glover and, you know, guys like that. And I remember sitting there as a kid just going, this is so sick. Like, this is cool. Like I want, I want to do that, you know? And so, uh, my parents told me I had to, you know, right then learn to ride a bicycle. And if, if I wanted it, and then for my fourth birthday, uh, I got a quad um, and started riding a little, you know, four wheel ATV, little Yamaha four singer. <laughs> um, and then, uh, for my fifth birthday, I got my first, first two wheel dirt bike. Dude, that's insane. And, um, so what, what has been like the, 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 the biggest difference then as far as like racing, like motocross, supercross kind of on those dirt bikes. Like, I, I know it's kind of apples and oranges as far as like two wheels and four wheels, but, but, but for you, what has been that big difference and change between like that dirt bike racing you had going into like, you know, the, the trophy carts or the UTV and even into a pro light, like what's been the biggest difference? Honestly, the biggest difference is just the amount of time and effort it takes to run a truck, right? A dirt bike, you can, you can frame a dirt bike and prep a dirt bike in a day. You know what I mean? And that's like, every nut and bolt off the thing. And, you know, they're mass produced so you can buy parts and they're readily available. The biggest, I guess, hurdle for me. And I think for a lot of people as they come into off-road is everything's so one-off. Everything is big and massive and heavy and, and, and hard to work on. And it just, um, adapting to that, you know, with a dirt bike, it was different because, you know, my, my daily routine woke, you know, consisted of me waking up, going to the gym, going straight from the gym to the dirt bike track, riding practice, 
coming home and basically chilling the rest of the day. It was much, <laughs> much simpler life than what it is now. So, um, it was way more lax, you know, riding a dirt bike, way less work intensive than it is with the truck. So I think that was kind of the biggest hurdle or, or, or game changer for me was just figuring out how much you have to work on these things to, <laughs> to, to be able to do what you want to do, you know, but obviously it's well worth it. I do it day in and day out because I put driving my pro two, um, right up there with racing supercross. It, it's truly just as fun. Um, there, obviously it's different. You can't whip a truck. I mean, you can try, but <laughs> you know, but it, that's probably the, the only thing I truly miss about riding a dirt bike is being able to throw big whips. Um, but there's so much cool stuff in a truck that you can do that you can't do on two wheels and vice versa. Um, they're very similar in the fact of your reading lines, your jumping, your timing, your timing, your throttle and your braking. Um, it, it, it's very similar. And so the truck for me was such an easy transition to get into and really enjoy it. You know, it really was an extension of, of my dirt bike racing that that's obviously, um, been, been, you know, very, um, uh, pleasurable for me. Um, so, uh, do you think your background in motocross helps you, uh, racing the trucks? Like we've talked about CJ a little bit we grew up with CJ riding dirt bikes and he touches it on a little bit, but can you explain a little bit further? Like, like the line choices and what you see compared to like, yeah, for me, um, for me, it translates a lot. Um, obviously it's four wheels, it's bigger, it's heavier, you know, so you, but it, you just learn to manipulate the truck like you do a dirt bike, but in different ways you manipulate the truck with the combination of gas and, and, and brake and throttle, um, you know, in, in, in the steering wheel dirt bike, you can do it with body positioning, but you can accomplish a lot of the same stuff with the truck with, steering wheel input and throttle and brake. So, um, for me, it's been, it's been, like I said, it's been very similar, um, reading the lines, you know, looking for abstract lines, lines that not everybody's taken that where you do something kind of wild and off, off the side of the bank, or, you know, you do something to square up a, a corner, um, to carry more speed. So, um, I think that the transition from bikes to trucks really was much easier on me than it would be for say somebody who's just getting on into trucks. Well, man, uh, like you said, you had kind of touched on, uh, talking about, uh, you know, the pro two here. Um, but man, you were in, uh, you were in two classes last year. Um, so we're, we're kind of going to move into, <laughs> move into that, that, that part of things. Um, so tell me, dude, uh, the competition for prospect last year, what was that like? <laughs> dude, gnarly over the top. I didn't know what I was going to do. <laughs> I sweated no, it every race weekend. <laughs> first of all, that, first of all, that was insane. They had you start in the back, especially at the comp yellow. And then yet you were still picking guys off and you were ending in like seventh, like sixth, even. Yeah, it was cool. I mean, obviously the new prospect, it's, it's different. You know, um, the pro spec is much more like riding a dirt bike, uh, two stroke dirt bike at that, where it's, you got to keep it, the RPMs up and you got to keep the truck rolling. You got to carry tons of momentum because it doesn't have that much horsepower. But what makes that truck so fun is it's got a four speed manual transmission. In it. So you're, you know, you're, you're, you know, practicing and you're, you're timing your downshifts and your upshifts and trying to make sure everything's perfect so that you can carry as much momentum as you can. Um, Obviously I was the only competitor in that class this year. Um, it really wasn't meant to be like a, a full blown race class as much as I think the series would have liked to have seen it that way. Um, you know, with the time frame that they released the rules and released what they were doing, I think it was just too late for a lot of guys. 
um, Chevrolet had come to me um, in the 2020 season, had kind of started talking about it. And then right in December of 2020, um, they gave me the go ahead and green light to go on ahead and start working on building this one-off truck um, to debut and to, to, to run and kind of just campaign, you know, for the future. The series wanted a stepping stone class from say mod carts, you know, into a truck class without it being such a big jump from mod cart to a pro light or, you know, a side-by-side or super stock class. They didn't want the jump to be so much. They wanted to give somebody like, you know, guys, a, a, a in-between class to where they can go and get their feet wet in the truck, get some budget rolling. And, and what I mean by get some budget rolling is get out there and show the show sponsors, show vision wheel and Toyo tires and all these people that, Hey, we have the ability and we have, we're more than capable of racing a truck and being competitive in it. We're going to go out and win in this prospect class. And then it kind of is a perfect parlay into the pro light class without having to have such a big pro, uh, pro budget to race the pro light class. So the series kind of wanted to do that. Um, they had come to me obviously, uh, with my background in racing pro light. And as long as I had raced pro light and really asked for a lot of the input things of, of what I felt would help keep the class, um, very competitive, you know, don't make it to where people have to spend a ton of money to race this class. So you have one rear gear that you run. Um, you know, it's basically a, a inch and a half pro light chassis. So it allows a lot of the guys that have trucks sitting at home that are inch and a half trucks to be able to come back out and play. Um, it's just, it, it's a pretty cool little class that I think will do very well in the future. Um, there's supposedly five or six new trucks being built this season. Um, and I'm really excited to see what, what goes on with it. I won't be competing in it this year because of the rules. And part of it is my fault. Um, I went to the series and told them that I felt that if you're currently racing pro two or pro four, you shouldn't be allowed to race the prospect class because it is a class for people, um, to, to, to get some, you know, skip some speed underneath their feet, get, let guys get out there and get a chance to win some races and show what they can do and the ability that they have without competing against guys that are racing for pro two wins, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, dude, that's, that's, um, and big for the sport. That's awesome. And that's a really good point that, that you had as far as, you know, having pro four or pro two guys being in pro spec. Um, like what are your, uh, like, like future, like hopes or aspirations? Do you think one day that the pro spec will replace the pro light so, so that it's more affordable and it's not quite as hard, you know, as hard on somebody as the pro light, or do you think it's going to be two different classes going forward? I personally would like to see it two different classes going forward. Um, I don't ever want to see a class go away. Cause then that means there's people sitting on trucks at home that are pissed off the series or the sport and they're not wanting to race. I, my hope and goal is that guys will come into the prospect class with say lesser trucks, you know, older trucks or whatever they've turned into the prospect. They get some speed underneath them. They win some races and they sell that truck. And what they use there, what they sell that truck for, they use to go to a pro light, then go prove yourself and, and, you know, more of a proving grounds in pro light to move up to pro two, you know, it kind of needs to be a stepping stone thing. Um, and we need to, you know, ultimately we need to start retaining racers for a longer period of time than, than what we are. And the sport can only do that by giving people options to race uh, that are more affordable other than just the three pro classes, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, oh, go ahead, Lyle. Oh, I thought you were going to say something, sorry. <laughs> uh, you know, Ryan, we, as uh, as Impulse Meeting and, and myself too, we haven't gotten the opportunity to kind of get to know you more, um, you know, obviously until now. Um, but it's super refreshing to hear, you know, guys like you, guys like CJ that are all about, 
making the sport better, you know, like, Hey, we need this class to be able to elevate, uh, you know, other drivers, other racers, uh, you know, kind of bring them in, bringing them into the sport. And then like you said about pro light, like you don't want it to go away. Cause then guys are sitting on trucks and then you're mad at the series. So I think it's really refreshing knowing that like dudes out you, that like dudes like you are out there, you know, fighting for the sport and trying to make it that much better. Yeah. I mean, you know, in my eyes, this is the greatest sport in the world, even above and beyond supercross. I truly feel the off-road is, is the next great thing. I know it's had its waves of coming and going and, and different promoters and whatnot, but what I try to encourage like all the races that we race with is, yo, we all have to breed positivity and who cares what the promoters are saying or doing. We all have to sell this and make this thing big you know, from us racers, we have to go get the lows and we have to go get the home depots and the Coca-Cola's. We have to get those tier one sponsors involved in our sport. Once those sponsors start coming to our sport, they're going to, and then put pressure on the series to grow. And what I mean by that is then we'll start seeing different demographics and different areas that the sport travels to, you know, in turn of, of growing. So, um, I really want to see the sport grow. I really want to see, 30 truck fields. I think how badass would it be if every weekend we had 30 pro twos, and 30 pro lights, 30 pro specs, um, the field would be so deep. And then at that point you're going to see, I truly feel the, the TV, the Fox sports and the foxes and, and, and those brands want to cover our sport. You know, um, when, when there's six trucks racing, how do you make a TV show of six trucks? You know, we need to, we need those, we need the television funding and we can't just have live stream live stream dope. It's badass for a certain demographic, but there's a lot of these controlling brands that, that still want TV. And that's why NASCAR and IndyCar and HRA are still on live TVs because a lot of these manufacturers, um, certain brands like Coca-Cola, they want to see live TV. Um, my goal is to work and work with everybody, including the series and drivers and on, on how to get there. Um, we really need our sport to, to, to be what it should be. And there's no reason that this sport should not be like bigger than what it is. I feel this sport should be bigger than NASCAR because it's way freaking cooler. Yeah. Yeah. In your eyes, uh, how do you think we can get to that point? Honestly, I think it's a, a collective effort between the series working with the drivers and the drivers, you know, drivers have to do their part of promoting it. Right. The drivers have to go above and beyond to, to book different avenues, you know, book demos, book shows, book interviews, do stuff above and beyond, get their name out there above and beyond just racing six weekends a year. Then in turn, I think champ needs to work with the racers and really start looking at a bigger footprint across the United States to get us those, you know, more rounds. I know for a fact, I probably know of, I'd say at least 10 sponsors, big sponsors right now that are willing to come in the sport but their first concern is the footprint that we share. So I know it, it kind of goes hand in hand with funding and you got to kind of work together. But as a series, we can go to these sponsors and say, Hey, we're looking to expand to these four States this year. I know it's a big jump, but we're going to four different States. Can you come in and be a series sponsor? You know what I mean? And a lot of times those bigger sponsors and brands have budget and funding to support the series and racers. Um, because truthfully off-road is such a, bargain value compared to any other form of motorsports. I mean, it's like an, a, a hidden gem that nobody knows about for some reason. Um, and so when they see our budgets, they, they almost giggle or laugh 
how little of what it requires for our sport to operate. So I think with in turn of, of the racers working with the series and the series working with the racers, we can eventually get this thing to the, to the point it needs to be. You know, we had, uh, we asked Jimmy Henderson cause he's from, uh, you know, Atlanta, Georgia down there. And, and we had brought up, you know, NASCAR, do you think it would benefit the series to start, you know, venturing into kind of like those NASCAR States, like uh, in the, in the Southeast? I think it, I, I'd go as far as we need to piggyback with NASCAR. I think we need to figure out how to work with NASCAR. Cause I know NASCAR has a plethora of tracks that would more than hold our venues as well, you know, in the parking lot. You know, if, 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 if we could team up with NASCAR, you know, and, and build tracks within, you know, within the same venue and run our, tr- say, you know, if NASCAR is racing on, you know, Friday night and Saturday night, we need to be racing Friday and Saturday, you know what I mean? Um, and, and start piggybacking. I think that would be a great option, a great, a great way to go. But yeah, absolutely. Race in the States where there's NASCAR, you know, um, go to States that where, you see grandstands packed for motorsports events because most of those times, most of the time, those are like motorsport communities and they're, they're involved. They're true diehard fans of racing. So I think as more people start to see the sport of off-road, they're going to start switching gears from NASCAR to off-road for sure. Yeah. You know, we're, we're huge. Obviously we're, we're big on, uh, on, on, uh, the sport here. And, and we feel the same way, you know, that we, that we feel that this is the best racing on the planet. And uh, you know, it's, t- we're tired of it being, uh, you know, the, the best kept secret. Like you said, it, it, yes. it is a gem and uh, no, you know, it's it a totally shame is. not and enough people. Yeah. And, and, and as a driver, sometimes it's a little frustrating because I look at it like right now we have the perfect opportunity to capture not only audience, but sponsorship right? NASCAR's losing viewers by the day. Um, you know, NHRA is losing viewers by the day. IMSA and IndyCar are struggling to stay alive. And these are all forms of motorsports that their budgets are eight to 10 figure budgets. They're not, they're not looking for a hundred grand to go race like most our guys. Right. So these, this is like a perfect opportune time for us to be expanding and showing growth. Um, you know, especially now that there's one manufacturer involved, there's three other manufacturers that are right on the brink of getting involved with certain racers and teams in in the series, but it just hasn't happened yet. You know, it, for me, it's frustrating because it's like, we have such a perfect opportunity to, to go big or go home Mm -hmm. right now and, and to get it done. But I feel like we're almost just, we're being too cautious at this point. You know, we need to, we need to capture, the sponsorship that's available, you know, a perfect example, M&M's leaving Kyle Busch. They're tired of spending 30 million or 20 million a year to go race NASCAR. You know, imagine what a million dollar budget would do to an off-road team, Right. you know, or even the series, (laughs) you know, M&M's coming to the series, but we can't do it by uh, racing only in one area, you know? Yeah. Yeah. As much as I love Wisconsin, I, 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 as much as I love Wisconsin and I one day plan on buying something in there to hang out at, but I would say we need to race. Obviously the Crandon races are a must. Um, I think we need to be in Atlanta. I think we need to be in North Carolina where all these sponsors and, and teams and manufacturers are. I think we need to be in Texas. Um, obviously ERX, Bark River, um, I feel like we need to go to Wheatland, Missouri. There's another one that when Lucas raced there, it sold out every time. Crazy amount of fans. I mean, 
I base a lot of, you know, weekend stuff on fan count based on how much merch sales you do. And at Wheatland, we would always kill it with merch sales. Um, I think we need to at least have one race on the West coast, whether it be Utah, uh, Glen Helen or, or, you know, Arizona. Um, we just need to kind of spread our footprint out a little bit further, I think, to, uh, be able to capture different gra- d- demographics. Perfect example, right? Menards is huge in the, in the Midwest. Lowe's doesn't have a footprint there. So they're willing to market in the Midwest to, to start capturing, you know, um, foot traffic through their stores versus Menards. So why aren't we racing more here in the South, you know, and vice versa, um, you know, and, and marketing to Menards to come race to the South and, and vice versa, you know, um, there's just, there's a lot of opportunity there on the table that I feel like we all need to get together and, and, and try to put together and, and help each other. You know what I mean? I get it. It's expensive to travel. So why don't we all get together and be like, Hey, you know, I got a semi, or I got two semis. Hey, pro light guy. Hey, pro buggy guy. I'll throw your, your shit in my rig and we'll help you get there. You know, we're all in this together. We all have to work together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we all feel the same way too, especially as camera guys, even, I mean, you know, we got, we got a couple of buddies, um, that, you know, maybe filming for, you know, Mickey Thomas or filming for Andrew Carlson. And sometimes, you know, we'll, we'll miss a shot. Hey, did you get that? Yeah, we got that. Here's what we got of so-and-so. And then we're able to exchange footage and film because that's kind of how we feel is like the best way to make this sport better is to support each other. And it's great. Everybody to has you, to work you know. together. <laughs> yeah. hundred percent. You know, it's hard at times. I get it. It's hard at times because people have budgets that they have to accomplish and and certain things. But at the end of the day, if we all don't work together and this thing flops again, it doesn't do anybody good. It makes your race trucks, your semis, your race parts, your crew, everything's worth nothing. So we have to make sure it works. (laughs) Or at least I do. (laughs) What do you think has been the biggest difference uh, between, you know, like you said, you were out at, at Lucas oil and unfortunately, you know, that, that fell through. What do you, what was the big difference between Lucas oil and, and, and champ off road? Uh, I think it's you know, just a matter of fact of having one series, forcing everybody to race in one place. I think if Lucas was still going, champ would be doing what it's doing, what it did for, you know, 10 years. And I think Lucas would be doing the same thing. Um, both had its positives and both had their negatives, but I think the best thing that could have happened is one finally just say enough's enough. And now it forced everybody to be at the same place on the same weekends. What would be a, what would be a super ideal uh, race schedule then? Like you said, as far as having, you know, one presence out on the West coast, you know, Atlanta, uh, North Carolina, Texas, is it kind of like, you know, you favor those Southern States at the beginning of the season, or do you think that you favor those Southern States at the, at the end of the season at like the end of the year? No, I think uh, because obviously at towards the end of the year, you know, the Midwest and Northern Midwest, it's so beautiful up there. I think you start the series off like you could start in March out on the West coast and slowly work your way back East. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, you could, you could start in Atlanta or start in North Carolina. Like I said, it's 75 degrees here right now. Um, (laughs) or you could, (laughs) you know what I mean? So you could start the series in March, you know, whether it be on the West coast or, or Southeast, and, and work your way around the you know country. Um, I don't think zigzagging is the way to do it. I think you start start one side, start in the West Coast, and start working your way east. You know, into June where we start our season up up north. You know. Okay. Yeah, I, I, you know, and 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 we're obviously big fans of wanting that too. You know what I mean? I mean, six race weekends just isn't enough. I mean, 
that's something that we touched on earlier uh, this year. You guys are killing it with your shows, by the way, like (laughs) killing it. But how do you do those based off six weekends? Okay. So if we had a a 12 weekend series, you know, you guys could actually put together a dope Netflix documentary style deal. You know what I mean? Like you can't do it off six weekends. There's too much going on within such a little time period, you know? No, we, we totally agree with that. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, man, these two, the, yeah, these two were, were telling me like, it was just, it, it's tough to, to put together, you know, some substantial content when, when it's only six weekends, you know what I mean? We can only go over race so many times, uh, you know, without driving the point home. Yeah. Um, well, not but, only that, like it, it's for me, it's a, it's a shame when you, right. So perfect example, last year, 2021, um, our first race, we sold out there in Anago, right? Yep. So sold out, packed house, and then you go to Spring Crandon, and it's like nobody was there. Well, it's because everybody already went to Anago. Everybody chose to go to Anago and then said it's going to Spring Crandon, where normally you see Spring Crandon pop off and, and Fall Crandon. But it's like we got Anago and then Fall Crandon. I didn't feel that Spring Crandon had as many fans as what it would normally do, having such a, you know, a race – so close to each other distance wise and time wise, you know? Yeah. that That's a really good point. I didn't even, no. I didn't even think about that. You know, and fan counts a big part of our sport, especially when you're going back to sponsors and you're telling them, you know, how many people walk by the pit and, you know, giving them analytics based on, you know, fan count. You're like, okay, well we killed it an ago, but then spring crane and fell way off. Well, because, you know, everybody went to Anago. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. like you see that with Supercross with the uh, Anaheim's first Anaheim's yes. packed and then the, they just gradually drop off. <laughs> gradually drop off. Well, you know, how do we preserve the longevity of our sport, you know, fan count wise and making sure that we have fans at all the races so that when we're giving sponsors or we're giving, you know, shit, anybody, the analytics, Hey, it, it Anago, we had 10,000 fans, but at Spring Cranon, we normally have 30,000. This time we only had 5,000. You're like, damn, well, everybody went to, you know, Anago or whatever. So, yeah, it's just, it, I mean, I think it's, there's a couple things we can work on. But like I said, we all have to work on it together. It can't be one guy or we can't just all be mad at the series. You know, the series is in a, is in a hard pot, a spot, you know. Um, they're stuck between a rock and a hard place. They too have budgets that they have to work with. And, and I think we all have to, there has to be open communication. We all have to get down and sit down together at one point um, and figure out a strategic plan of the next five years. Not like, Hey, we're going to release a schedule three months before the season starts. We need to know, you know, a year and a half out or, you know, whatever it may be. Yeah. Speaking of that, I heard that we're adding more tracks uh, into the future of next year. Uh, That's what I've heard, but no, nothing's been released. I've heard that we were going to Atlanta, yep. which would be badass, right? We're, yep. we're making our way. I heard we're going to Oklahoma, yep. which today is another great step, um, but nothing's been released. And I think that's part of the problem is we need oh. to create as much excitement as possible, as quick as possible, so that we can go to, let's just call brands like Menards. Hey, series is expanding. Jump on, you know. Here, here's a perfect, you know, option for you. We're racing these areas and, you know, you have a store within five miles or 10 miles of each racetrack. Let's do a, a promo day prior to the event. and Let's give away a hundred tickets each, each race, you know? Um, 
I think if we know further in advance, it'll make it, things a lot easier on racers to go out and sell sponsorship. Yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree. I mean, and it's something that you got to think about too. I mean, you said is, is, is announcing like a schedule or even some sort of, uh, you know, mention like, Hey, like we're going to go from six races to eight races. And, and that's something that you can sell your sponsors on because I mean, they're always looking to say, Hey, why are we spending this money on you? Where's our money going to go? How are we going to get, you know, a return on it? Where are we going to make a presence at? And like you said, that that's huge. That's, that's, that's really the number one for... question I think is racers. We get asked is like, what's next? Well, what are you doing different this year? Is there anything mm-hmm. new and exciting? Is there anything new and exciting? I, I can't tell you how many times I've heard. Is there anything new and exciting? And you're like, well, uh, so that's why us as racers keep having to reinvent ourselves, do all this wild ass shit to try to keep sponsors involved <laughs> because the series ain't doing nothing. So you're like, dude, <laughs> come on, help me Are out, you, player. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't Are know you, how the, oh, sorry, Tito. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Lyle. I was going to say, I don't know if the series like brings drivers in when they start making these type of decisions, but do you think it would be smart for them to call up like you drivers? Absolutely. I, I ask them to, you know, it's like, it's something I think a lot of series have overlooked, at least talking to team owners or, you know, the drivers, you know, that, that really, that really do this, you know, day in and day out. Like, you know, we have a shop where, you know, we're not just prepping and maintaining my car to go race on the weekends. We're also have customer work that we're doing. So get a hold of, you know, guys like Keegan and CJ and people that really do this, you know, that this is their sole means of income, get a hold of those guys. Cause that's who it matters to. The fans are, you know, there to see those shows. I mean, you don't see Cran and front stretch packed to the gills, you know, for a side-by-side race, you know, nothing in side-by-sides, but you know, we (laughs) have to quit appeasing to just one class or two classes or three classes because people don't like it or don't want change. You have to appease to the guys that, that really fill the grandstands, you know, Crandon Sunday challenge cup stands are full pro two stands are full pro four stands are full. So those are your classes that you really have to start, you know, uh, including in your decisions because that's what it matters. So for next year, do you plan on coming out in like a lime green truck then kind of trying to bring more eyes or? <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> I <think> he's axemic. <laughs> no, it's just what, you know, it, it's like you're trying to constantly do something new and better and, and trying to, you know, grow the program. So, you know, for us, we try to help a lot of other racers. I have six guys that we're helping for next year, um, in the pro light class and pro specs that, that we're prepping, maintaining our vehicles and helping them get to the races. It's about growing the sport. And if the sport's too hard for people to do, people won't do it. So we're trying to do our part by, by helping others and and helping people get their trucks to the races and prep their trucks and maintain their trucks. Obviously it's a business for us, but we also do it to help keep the sport going and help keep things alive. Well, how do you, uh, how do you maintain all of that chaos? Cause I know like last year, you know, you had, you had a few guys underneath your tent and you know, you were, you were, uh, leading the points there, um, for the season. How do you, how do you plan on maintaining that then all next year and still chasing a a pro two points championship? Is that just something that you're willing to be like, Hey, I can handle it. Or you're like, Hey, we're, we're, I'm about helping these people and trying to grow the sport. I just don't sleep. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's organized chaos. And honestly, like I spent quite a bit of time at factory Kawasaki seeing how they operated and structured things. And I ask a lot of questions. I mean, one of my good friends is Ron Hornaday. 
um, like a seven time NASCAR truck champion. Um, you know, I, I lean on a lot of people, um, for advice and for input, um, and try to learn as much as I can. And, and each year I've learned and each year I've, I've grown the team and expanded by just a little bit, um, enough to where I feel like, Hey, I don't want to take off or I don't want to bite off more than I can chew, but I know I can handle this. So, and I think it's just about being organized. If the more organized you are, the smoother things run and the more you can handle and do. So I've really worked on each time we grow by adding a, another racer, another program to help grow the sport and help things, um, you know, adding, adding more employees, you know, um, creating jobs and that fact, um, we just, you know, I, I want to see the sport successful and do good. And I would like to one day have, be able to sit back and, and not have to race and just own a sick ass, you know, pro circuit or a Joe Gibbs style team. I think that'd be, that's the ultimate goal for me, um, in this sport is not only help grow the sport to be able to have that, but grow it to where there's racers getting paid and the guys are just showing up and racing and it's, it's badass, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's funny. Cause uh, when Lyle and I were on our way to Minnesota this past weekend, that's exactly what I was saying. I was like, you know what? I was like, I think our sport's the only sport where, where the driver is also the team owner. I was like, right. And they're the mechanic and you know, they're their own financial advisor. They're, they wear so many hats where like in other sports, I was like, they, they have a marketing business person they have an owner they have someone to prep the truck i was like all the drivers do all the i guess talent does is they show up and race like they don't have well, any that was yeah that was the one of the big changes for me going for moto is like all i had to worry about in moto was going to the gym and gym and showing up at the track where my mechanic had my bike prepped ready i'd jump on it go ride throw some sick whips, call it a day and go home and play Xbox. Like, <laughs> life was easy. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. nowadays it's like, all right, I got to, you know, I got to prep the truck. I got to load the hauler. Up, or I got I to get everyone's payroll check signed. I got to you know, like, holy shit, there's way too much going on. This sucks. <laughs> yeah. But, but I, uh, you know, it was just, uh, like I said, it's just refreshing to hear that too, because it's like, that's where our, where I want our sport to be at, you know, where, like I said, where they have these owners and where they just hire the person to drive and, and, you know, be on national TV and everything like that. So for sure. And then not only that, like, it's like once like our sport gets to that point, then it's like there's national level branding and exposure of commercials and drivers doing, you know, autograph sessions and really get it to like, it's just mind boggling when you really sit back and think about how long our sport's gone on and how it hasn't progressed to the next level. And I think first and foremost, we have to have manufacturers and manufacturer, I mean, Chevy, Ford, Dodge, Toyota, you know, Nissan, we, we need all those guys back in the sport playing. Um, and they're slowly starting to make their way back in the sport because the most popular selling vehicle on the planet is a freaking truck right now. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it only makes sense for them to play in a truck market, you know? Um, we're right there. Like I, I keep saying there, there's three other manufacturers that are on the fence wanting to come play right now. They're just trying to find the right team and then the right fit and, you know, demographic or, you know, footprint for, for, for them to justify coming out and playing. So are you, are you then just kind of like, are you, um, you know, managing these, these other drivers and helping out with that? Are you kind of sitting back and waiting until there's, there's, you know, more sponsors, more eyes before you, you know, 
come through with that point two championship? Are you playing like cat and mouse or are you, uh, are you getting it this year? It's just kind of like a balancing act, to be honest with you. I just want to go out and be competitive. Obviously, there's really, really good dudes, you know, between Jarrett, Keegan, and Corey. I mean, climate, I mean, the, the, Mickey Thomas, the whole field is so stacked in Pro 2 that it can go any direction. All I can do is just show up and do the best I can, make sure my equipment is as top tier as I can possibly make it, and then the rest is up to me. Don't dork it. <laughs> you know, don't go out and be a squid. So, um, <laughs> you know, it it's one of those things that you never know, like with the competition of what's going to happen, you know, people have bad weekends, bad luck happens and it's out of everybody's control. You just got to be prepared to seize the opportunity when it's there, you know, that's all you can do. I I don't, I don't know about uh, Jeffrey and Lyle, but I, I got about uh, two more questions here and then uh, I got a quick, Little uh, would you rather thing. So, uh, first question. <laughs> uh, first question, or the, the 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 one of the ones that I've left. Nickname Rowdy come from? Uh, my buddy Roy Vaughn is actually my first truck mechanic. He was a good buddy of mine and moved out to California. And I was on kind of a terror streak, if you will, uh, when I first started racing pro light. I was really rough. I was really <laughs> aggressive and did not give two fucks. <laughs> about who you were or what it was. I was there to fucking win. So <laughs> I, uh, I got seven black flags in a season. And him and a couple other people were just started kind of joking, calling me rowdy. Cause I was, I was getting rowdy on the track and like I said, did not care. And so just being a jackass, just driving like a dickhead. And, uh, I didn't care. I, I didn't care if you wanted to fight on the track. I didn't care if you wanted to fight off the track. Like, I was there to go try to win and did not care. If you were in my way, you were getting smashed. So uh, not the right way to race, not the right way to do it, but that's basically where it came from is, is I was just running a tear in my uh, early twenties and, and, oh. and didn't care. <laughs> that's, that's gotta be a record. Seven black flags in one season. <laughs> yep. Yep. So we started like, we made stickers and started putting them on the door like they do for wins. Oh. So I, <laughs> Like I'd have two or three checkered flags and then like six black flags. Oh man, that's insane! There's only twelve races in the year. Yeah, so seven. <laughs> yep. So oh, God, it, that's uh, it, awesome. it was a uh, yeah, it was it was pretty stupid. <laughs> that's the best. Um, yep. All right. Well, uh, one of the last remaining questions I have—it's it's a big topic. I'm sure. <clears throat> I'm sure you've heard us talk about it. Now, I'm sure you have an opinion on it, but what are your thoughts on the uh, on the time versus laps aspect that uh, Champ Off Road was doing or is doing? It's hard because you always got to be political because everybody's, you know, everybody judges you for your opinions nowadays, which is bullshit. But mm-hmm. I mean, it sucks. Agreed. Like, I want to race. Like, my sponsors don't pay me to go out there and be like, "Oh, you drove around a caution lap for." fucking seven minutes because some guy was an idiot <laughs> yeah. rolled his truck 12 times you know like my sponsors paid me to go out there and rail corners you know like they want to see me going fast so um i would like to see it back to the the lap count um obviously it falls and sometimes falls in people's favor that hey we run out of time and you get a checker flag and hey you, you won but in the grand scheme of things i would rather see lap count i mean nascar goes off lap count You know, Mm -hmm. um, they don't go off a time, you know, if they have to go into overtime, they go into overtime. Um, but I think I, I prefer the lap count. I don't, I don't like the time thing because, you know, every time some squid 
backs it in the fence or, you know, tips the thing over, you know, and there's multiple guys that do it multiple times during a race and somehow they don't kick them off the track. Um, it, it kills everyone else's race, kills momentum, kills the excitement of the race. Um, yeah, I just, I'm not a fan. <laughs> yeah. I think Jeffrey, uh, is one of the very few that likes the that likes the time aspect. I, I didn't say I like. I said I get why they do. <laughs> Don't back yeah. that. He's backing out. Uh, he's backing out. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I see both sides, and I understand. Like it, you know, it is a, is a tough spot because they do have to keep things within a time frame. If we ever want to go to live TV, we have to be on point with our time frame. Right. Yeah. And yeah. maybe they're working towards that. So I give them credit and, you know, and, and try to see that side of the fence too, that, you know, they're, they're working towards going to a live TV deal. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, at least just, I'd like to think that. <laughs> well, then well, it sucks too. Cause they have you guys like right at the end of the day too. like pro fours are practically racing at dark. So yeah, yeah. you know, um, it's just, if they can move the schedule up a little bit where they can do more, do all the laps yep exactly because i i I still believe that if anything the pro classes should run only laps and everyone else has a time race if they want to keep it on a schedule like all right you know pro light pro two and pro four you guys are laps but the tv schedule might go a little longer because of that but we're on time we start at three you know it ends that when the last pro four is done yeah, no, I agree. I mean, that'd be a good point. Also, like I've also thought too, is like, why don't they run some of the classes like the day before? Like, why aren't, why aren't they racing? Which I get so, you know, most of the sportsman guys or, you know, side-by-side guys can't be off to race Friday, but you know, we're at some point or another, we're going to have so many classes in a race weekend that we're not going to be able to have races, you know, pro races racing at the same time. I mean, it's just not going to happen. So, um, I think at some point they need to look at running some of the side-by-sides or some of the super stock guys the day before Mm -hmm. um, or splitting it up, you know, where maybe they don't race two times in a weekend, but they race once, you know, I I don't know, race side-by-sides on Saturday and and super stocks, you know, or stock classes on, on, on Sunday, however they want to do it, but they just, we can't have so many races one day. There's only so many hours in a day, you know, of daylight. Mm -hmm. If not bring lights for all the pro classes, you know what I mean? If you want to run that, Make sure that there's lights at every track and all the pros race at night. R- night racing's dope as fuck anyways. Thank you. Oh, yeah. I like yeah. that. See, yeah. not too many people like Crandon, but when they had the, what, Friday Night Thunder? Uh, but, dude, it was sick. Yeah, but then everyone's complaining because, oh, it's one line. I'm like, yeah, it's because it's fucking raining out, dude. Yeah, did you not see the 12, 12 inches of mud everywhere? Yeah. <laughs> it was one line. <laughs> I was like, it just sucked that it happened to rain that night or else. It's just one racing. circumstance or one thing that happened. You know, it's not going to be like that every time. Yes, exactly. I don't know. So I, when we would race in California with, with lures, um, they would often do night races and they'd bring in lights, which I get the lights were expensive. But every time they brought in lights, sold out crowd. Because nobody wants to go to the track on, during the day. They got honeydews. They'd be mowing the yard. They're fishing. They're, they're kids' football game, whatever. They don't come to the race during the day. But you give them a chance to go to a night event where they can bring their lady and they can have a couple beers and watch the race. Dude, you're going to sell that that deal out quicker than you can snap a finger at it, you know? Mm-hmm. No, I yeah. agree with that. Yeah. And, and what I like about the night racing, too, I think they did it in Charlotte uh, or Texas. And, uh, and, and Johnny had rocked like that green light on the inside of his truck. Like that shit, I think is cool. Yeah. And it opens up like, not only that, like I, I think marketing wise, but it opens up a whole nother aspect of lighting sponsors, you know, 
So there's six or seven guys that get lighting sponsors because they, they run a green light or a blue light or a red light in their truck. And it, you know, it, all of a sudden lighting, lighting manufacturers have a reason to spend money in the sport, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? So there, there's just it, not to mention, I mean, it's cool. You can see the glow of the brakes. You see the backfire of the flame out the exhaust. Like there's just so many cool aspects of night racing that I think help the sport, you know? Oh yeah. Um, do you, do you gentlemen have, uh, any more professional I got, I got questions one. for Mr. B <laughs> before we get unprofessional? <laughs> um, I got one, um, with the pro two class being stacked, uh, how motivated or excited are you for this coming up year? I'm stoked about it. I mean, obviously I love racing the pro two and I love racing with, with that caliber of guys. I think it helps the sport immensely having a class that's so stacked. Um, I just wish we were racing more tracks. It's like, you know, I mean, the tracks are sick. All the tracks we go to are super fun. I just wish we had more, you know, like yeah. I want to race more than six times a year. You know, mm-hmm. I want to race 26 times a year. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. We all agree with that. It's hard. I like say no, <laughs> I don't, yeah, exactly. Like, I don't want to say it's like, losing the excitement but then again you're getting a sense of like all right we've done everything the same for the past three to five years we need some new blood we need some new excitement you know back in the sport something to get excited to go to um you know if you're going the same tracks every year it's the same six tracks or same three tracks you're you're like all right i mean i don't want to get redundant because if it starts getting redundant for the racers the sponsors were over it you know way before so Mm. Um, yeah. you know, that, that's just my biggest fears. We, we, we got to keep bigger and better. We got to keep, keep reinventing ourselves, you know? Yeah. Oh, agreed. Agreed. Anything else, Jeffrey? No, I am ready for these questions. You never seem to share with us before the show. They yeah. are not, they are not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little nervous right now. Yeah. <laughs> so are we. Yeah. <laughs> we get nervous for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty. Um, Alrighty, Ryan, uh, would you rather fist fight a lion with no teeth or litter in Gotham City with the potential of Batman seeing it? <laughs> What? <laughs> uh, probably fist fight a lion with no teeth for sure. <laughs> he doesn't want but, but but you still get the claws with the lion. Yeah, yeah. What's Ooh. that? But but the claws are still there. They just no teeth. Oh, yeah, God. Batman's a bad motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're only lettering, like you're only. Man, Batman will beat the shit out of you. Yeah. Like you're only throwing yeah. a piece of trash out. You're getting beat. You're getting beat down in re- either way. So yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be raining. I'm not a fan of littering. So <laughs> yeah. I think people are so lazy they litter. Fuck them. Yeah. Yeah. They deserve to get beat up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I was gonna say because if if littering is all I'm doing, then I'd rather get the chance of meeting Batman. Then. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd, I think I'd fist fight the line because then like littering, you like it, it's so small and minuscule. So like to you, it's not that big of a deal. And then can you imagine just getting mercilessly beat for it? Like, Oh my God, yeah. I dropped my like gum wrapper where it's like a lion, <laughs> right? like, you know, coming in, like, all right, I'm going to try to <laughs> fist fight this fucking lion. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You're like, all right, 
David versus Goliath here. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Instead of getting blindsided by a fucking Batmobile. <laughs> <laughs> Just door checked by it. Yeah. <laughs> and all you hear is, I'm vengeance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, alrighty. Uh, next one. Would you rather roll a pro light going 90 miles an hour into the into a cowboy corner or over jump the finish line at ERX? OJ ERX for sure. You ever rolled a pro light? My God. <laughs> My God. <laughs> <laughs> so the reason I ask those is because uh, Maddox Bailey, I think it was spring and I want to say came in hot into the co- into cowboy corner. He was going about 90 and he tried cutting it and he rolled it and he rolled like, I think he rolled up and over the berm. And then I say the ERX thing because Corey winter over jumped it in 2020 and ended up like, uh, fracturing his spine. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather probably OJ. He's like, you don't understand about the pro life, yeah. man. <laughs> There's like no suspension, no give. It's just, yeah. The, the biggest thing I could relate it to is like if you like legit climbed in like a washing machine or like a dryer and just tumbled around and hit your head every direction. Oh yeah. yeah, it sucks. I hate pro lights. <laughs> desperate to get out back yeah. in the day. Yeah. Yep. Right, you you think I, I was like not very smart because I, I decided to race him for like 13 freaking years. Yeah. <laughs> Once he got a taste of pro two, he was like, shit. Yeah, totally. What was I doing? (laughs) Yeah. All right. Last one. Would you rather eat 12 hard boiled eggs before a race or eat 12 saltine crackers without water just before your podium speech and all your sponsors are watching? (laughs) Just looking like you got cotton mouth. (laughs) Hang out, switch out back. (laughs) Uh, I don't know, dude. I, I'm just thinking of like how bad your stomach would hurt after eating the whole eggs. You're done. Um, you, you ever you ever done. get the you ever get the gags before the motocross race? The what? Like the gags? Like you ever like dry heave? Like because oh, you're no. so nervous? No, I've never gotten that nervous. Oh no, no. man, dude, I was like that every fucking time. Like really? on the verge of fucking puking, dude. Yeah. And one time I did actually puke. So I, I mean, for me, I rather eat the twelve boiled eggs. I was always a guy that was like, "Fuck, I gotta piss and run off to go pee." <laughs> like, barely, like barely get back on the bike. <laughs> like for me, I can even have my helmet strap touch my like throat. Really? <laughs> yeah, I was so you like, were that bad, dude. It was like you try fucking going into one small ass corner, forty <laughs> other bikes around you. Right. <laughs> Starts always suck on dirt bikes. I hated it. Oh yeah, my yeah. god, it sucks. Yeah, same. But, but yeah, no. I'm gonna go with saltine crackers, cotton mouth status. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Look like Jim Carrey from Me, Myself, and Irene. <laughs> yeah. You remind me of the replacements with the boiled eggs. Nandishka. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> he pukes on the field. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'd just be like, you know, sorry, I was just standing on the Twitch. Yeah, yeah. I was just the Twitch. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, little parched right now. Yeah. Yeah. some water. <laughs> uh, uh, no, those are, uh, so those are the only, uh, the would you rather questions I had. I figured I'd keep it somewhat, uh, you know, PG-13. PG. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, it's all but, good. Uh, yeah, Lyle Jeffrey, you guys got any more questions? No, that's no. any would you rathers that are appropriate for uh, Mr. Beat? <laughs> I do not. Nope. We are all righty. Um, I'm cool. out of questions, Ryan. Unless there's anything else that you want to say or share. No, I just I, I appreciate you guys having us on, and uh, man, enjoying your guys' show that you guys got going on. It's badass. Um, very cool, and, and appreciate you guys. Obviously, it, it takes a lot to go out and do effort like that to to showcase a sport and. I know there's probably not a lot of money involved, but we definitely appreciate it because it's stuff that obviously gets people fired up and excited for our season. They end up buying tickets and showing up in stands. So I appreciate it. No, thank you, man. We'll be in your pits this summer. Sounds good. Love to have you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you, Ryan. We appreciate it. Thanks guys. We, We really appreciate it. Yeah, no worries. I was stoked to do it. And, let me know uh, next time. We'll, we'll have some fun. <laughs> All right. Absolutely. Cool. See you guys. Right. Later. See ya. Later. Woo! Woo! That was good. Yeah. That was informative. Break is Actually, no, I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah, second yeah. Head break. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that was really informative. Uh, <laughs> just everything. Uh, the move. Yeah. Everything. I. It's, that was, it's crazy. Like you said, you made a business move. It's it was a good move. It's helping them. It's helping yeah. the sport, especially to get Chevy in his program. And you know what's great about um, you know that that interview? I I, th- I thought it went you know phenomenal. I thought it went great. Is um, you know something I said is that we didn't get the opportunity to kind of get to know him or talk to him more until just now. And yeah, man, he's very, you know, business savvy, knows exactly what he's talking about, is always thinking about, you know, the sport and how to make it better. And um, I think, you know, that that's awesome that, Mm -hmm. you know, hopefully more people are going to get to see that and and get to, you know, kind of see where he's coming from. And and I thought that that was awesome. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know if he's blowing smoke up her ass or not, but I mean, that's cool that he, (laughs) he uh, listens to the show, you know, You know, I mean, it, it always blows me away because I don't expect anyone to listen to our listen to our janky radio show where you freeze, or, or rant. <laughs> where you freeze every two seconds. <laughs> why am I? Why are my maintenance guys coming? <laughs> <laughs> got a maintenance guy in the yeah. background. <laughs> you hear the gas in the background? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh. It's God. too funny, man. Uh, this but is no, why we have one sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, speaking of one sponsor, um, I heard you're going to freestyle one today for us. <laughs> yeah. I. Uh, so we had uh, talked about, so obviously we'll, we'll make a segment of this, but um, yeah, man. So our sponsor uh, had texted us and uh, we, we had um, mispronounced things last week or on, on, the, on the show. And uh, she texts me. She goes, just heard the live read. Got to start somewhere, right? Northwood blooms. And like with a bunch of laughing faces. And then she put wood flowers. Not wildflowers. <laughs> wood flowers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no. So then she provided us a, a, a new uh, new live read, which we did. And, um, you know, I, I hope that, uh, hope it satisfies. Um. Don't know what that's like, but you know, we <laughs> aim to please. Yeah. We aim to please. We try. Yeah, we try. We try. <laughs> we try. Yeah. No, like, and then, uh, yeah. If I were to do like, you know, the Northwood Blooms thing, it would just be like, hey, you know, 
Um, you know what dies? Oh, no, I can't say this. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do this. I thought you were going to do it too. I was like, oh, shit, he's going for it. <laughs> okay, good. The point is, their yeah. their stuff don't do, die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have to do that off, off camera. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I mean, it was cool because God. she geared her her read to our style of podcast, if you will, our yeah. sense of humor yeah. and everything. So, but I was yeah. gonna see if, <laughs> if you're gonna actually do it. You almost did. I was like, oh man, here we go. <laughs> yeah, I, was like, I started saying it. I was like, I probably should not. <laughs> oh man. Hey, uh, so um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man dude god i think i think everyone who who like knows yeah is probably gonna be able to finish that sentence yeah Yeah. everybody that knows you or us knows what you were gonna say (laughs) a hundred percent all i can hear is uh miss uh annie Shaker yeah, you. yeah. Being like, that's not funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she was. She was not thrilled. No, she was not. Not thrilled that night. Hey, but uh, finish rush. Finish yeah. rush, man. Yeah. Finally, um, got good feedback. Um, I kind of did what I wanted it to do at the end. It's either because either I got lazy or it actually worked. So, yeah. People want more. People yeah. wanted more. Yeah, they. Uh, that was something that I, you know, got to. I don't know. I don't know how much Lyle, how much feedback Lyle gets, even though he's kind of the whole fucking. Brand I know, of the right? Operation. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> yeah, for, for yeah, for those those uh, those those people listening out there, Lyle's kind of the guy who puts together a lot of that stuff, like episode one and two, all Lyle, uh, and then Jeffrey took on the reins for episode three, and um, you know. We, took some feedback from Lyle. I mean, I don't want to talk for you, but um, Lyle's kind of the, the, the main, you know, editor and guy that throws all that stuff together and it's phenomenal. You know what I mean? I'm trying to appreciate the time that we have Lyle here before he goes off. <laughs> yeah. And better things. And, and we talked about this, Lyle, about gaslighting you and making you feel like a piece of shit. Yeah. yeah. So, here, yeah. so buckle it, here comes. Well, it's I, funny because I, I got done, I just got done talking to, to these guys about that. I'm like, man, I was like, we started Impulse. All right. Me and Lyle started Impulse. So I was like, we got Tito in a year later. And I was like, you know what's going to happen, you fuckers? I was like, I've been doing this <laughs> shit for 13 years. And I was like, I'm going to lose Lyle to some fucking big ass company for his editing skills. I'm going to lose Tito to a fucking commentating show. <laughs> and then here's me, old as fuck, still going to be running Impulse. <laughs> still snapping pictures. Yeah. <laughs> for real. 50 bucks. Yeah, 50 bucks. <laughs> you can develop a southern draw. Uh, uh, oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Nope, not Your talking. face immediately after you said it, like, oh. not talking, <laughs> not talking for the rest of the show. <laughs> Go ahead, Tito, take uh, it away. 
was funny. great. Uh, yeah, I was like, I was like, we're gonna have gaslight Lyle and be like, yeah, you know, we had seven people that were like, it's not that good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is it good to use a little bit more work? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the audio was too high. Yeah, <laughs> hurt my ears. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but. No man, dude. Rush, Rush Three uh, was great. I loved the the Pro Two teaser. Um, at the end of it, dude. I honestly, I could rewatch that like over and over again. The teaser, yeah. Not the whole. <laughs> no, he's like, really? <laughs> he's like, oh, tell him who did the teaser, then. Yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, we're supposed to gaslight him here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come on now. Uh, the, the teaser, the rush. No. <laughs> rush. I mean, I kind of cut out the last two minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I, I think um, we had kind of talked about a little bit how. Um, you know, Rush, I think it was a really good dry run for us. And, you know, we we found out our, our shortcomings, you know, and, and, and the things that we need to do different or better or more for next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, and like I said, it was kind of one of those projects where it was like two weeks before race season comes, I contact you and then it's like, hey, buddy, we're going to do this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got kind of a budget, but not a big budget, but we can do something with it. <laughs> <laughs> I can pay you this for the weekend and you might get a red vest Yeah, <laughs> at the end of the year. <laughs> uh, but no, no, it's, it's, it's cool though. Now. Um, yeah. Like I said, to be finished with all the episodes and, you know, we stuck to the only three parts, parts of it. Um, yeah. Took me a little longer to, well, it took me a lot longer to do part three, but you know, for the most part it got done. Uh, finally said no more video games, no more, you know, no more bullshitting around pretty much like stop working out. And I was just like, I, I, I was like, well, you're I, still gambling, right? I was gambling on myself. No. <laughs> Biggest gamble of my life. Yeah. And uh, yeah, no, got it done in a little less than a week. And yeah. Um, Pretty excited, big uh, rock off my shoulder. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought it turned out good. Ah, uh, I I think what it is too was uh, you know, like you said, Lyle did the first two rushes. So then, for me to step up and be like, all right, how can I be just as good? Because I don't think I could be any better. But how can I just how can I make this last part just as good as the first two? Because <laughs> the first two were phenomenal. So, yeah, I mean, I, and then, uh, like I said, I don't want to blame anyone or blame Tito and myself. No, <laughs> but I, I mean, not. yeah, <laughs> but uh, you know, I, we discussed it as a team, and and we definitely lost motivation on the last race of the year, and and like I said, trial and error, and uh, we know not to do that next year. So, uh, just didn't realize how big of a um, I don't want to say problem, but how hard it was to put a story together without what we needed and what yeah. we thought and what we thought we had. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it definitely maybe could have been like five five minutes longer. We just didn't have the pieces to put it together. Yeah. So, 
But right. like you said, the content was there as far as the action goes. Everything was there. We just were missing the interview pieces, the storytelling pieces. So yeah, yeah. And those are the hardest ones because we have to set up, we have to get the mics, we have to get the drivers, we have to get the questions that we want, and you know, and those Make sure are the you mo- hit record. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, so getting all that is is uh. You know, time consuming, and, and like I said, we were all burnt out. Uh, Lyle was probably had the most motivation, and I'm probably sure he was burnt out. But Tito and I were in a whole different uh, mindset that weekend. Yeah, I had other <laughs> so, motivation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And other plans. Yeah. <laughs> so, so to our sponsors, no, <laughs> we're, we're going to try really hard. Just give us another chance. No. <laughs> You know, you know what else won't die? Our spirits. Yeah. Northwood bloom. No. Yeah. Northwood blooms. It's a flower that never dies and loses motivation. No. Yes. Wood wood flowers, not wildflowers, wood flowers. Uh use cold impulse show. Yes, For impulse show, free shipping. Northwoodblooms.com. Yeah. Yeah. So this next one coming up, you kind of laid out what we we're gonna be kind of shooting for. For the yeah, next season. Yeah. I don't know if uh, you, like you want me to like talk about it more or if you want to share it at all or anything like that. Uh, should um, we tell them a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. We might if you well. want. It's uh, up to you. You're the yeah. producer of the show. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> I mean, like I said, we're open book. <laughs> Wait, is it, we can do it now. Nothing. We can do it yeah. now or we can do it next episode. What's next? Who's next episode? I don't know. But I'm just saying uh, next we, time we we're on. have to wait on that. Well, you, uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyways, since we're in the business talk with Ryan B, you know, might as well, you know, go to driver. I I don't know if like if, if that's necessarily what we'll do, but um, I pretty I wrote for seven episodes. Uh, so for sure, six. But it was conditional because if nobody clinches the pro two point championship by uh, bark river. Let's say it's still open and we're coming into Crandon and, and a winner hasn't been decided yet. That'll be like, like it's whole episode. But if somebody clinches at bark river, it's just going to, it's going to be six episodes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So next season rush season two pro two. Six episodes, six episodes, six to seven. Maybe eight. Six to yeah. seven. No. For sure six. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe eight. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Over 10 minutes each. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, three men crew. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hour 10. Yeah. Uh, uh, but no, I'm excited. Uh, we're kind of kind of like Ryan said, you know, we're, we're going all in. You know, yeah. we, you know, it's like what he said with the series. The series either has to, you know, shit or get off the pot or shit yeah. or I don't know how the saying goes. Get off the pot you, or you shit. You can get a good look at a T-bone by sticking yeah. it up a butcher's ass, but do <laughs> I take his word for it? No, wait. It's, it's got to be your bowl. Your bowl? Shut up. Shut up, Richard. Yeah, shut up, Richard. But yeah, no, yeah, like I said, we're gonna pull the trigger and go go all in on this, and you know, hope hope and pray that uh, pray to the creator, Mama Gosnan, that uh, (laughs) (laughs) that uh, you know that I'm a (laughs) dinshad. 
Yeah. Uh, the six directions. What? Hawaii. That, uh, yeah, that everything. Mishumis, Nakumis. No, I'm just kidding. We're going to hell. <laughs> but yeah, no. So I'm excited for next season and um, definitely get the creativity flowing again. So yeah, I think it'll be good. It'll be good. Uh, but you know what won't go to hell? See, Tito, this is why we can't get any more sponsors. Because we make fun of the one sponsor that has faith in us. We're not making, I'm saying promoting them. They really are amazing. Yeah, they're great. They're awesome. They won't die like my relationships. Or Tito's. All right, so uh, what we're going to do here is we're going to go ahead and wrap up the show. We are uh, running just a little bit long here, but thank you guys so much for uh, for listening. Um, man, we really appreciate it. And I know Jeffrey probably, you know, as obviously feels the same way about the amount of people that do listen. And we appreciate all the feedback and nice words. Um, and it really kind of motivates us to kind of keep going with this and, and trying to stay consistent with it. And um, I know I really appreciate it and I'm sure that they do too. So, you know, thank you guys so, so much for listening. Um, we, we appreciate it. Mm-hmm. 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 All right. <laughs> this has been the Impulse Show. I'm Jay Levine. Thank you so much. All right. Peace. Bye. Peace. This is how legends are made.